Hello, I'm Rena Grobe, and I'm Madhvi Romani, and this is Misinformed, where we'll be talking about our latest internet obsessions. So, Madhvi, what did you get obsessed with this week? I got obsessed with France. There's been a lot of political unrest in France recently, and I guess it's kind of relevant for us in Germany to look to what's happening in France since it's our closest European ally and neighbor. There've been a few different things happening in France. First of all, there've been a lot of protests against this new law because of the protests the law was actually pulled back. The law was about activists and journalists and members of the public not being able to film the police. And there has been a lot of accusations about police brutality. And just recently, a black music producer in France was very, very badly brutalized and beaten up by the police. And this sparked a bunch of protests against this particular law. They seem to have kind of worked. And then there've been a whole load of other very right wing sort of policies that have been put forward by Macron, who is kind of centrist. Some people think that this is in response to the fact that he's trying to get voters from Marie Le Pen, who is very right. So one of the things is, for example, there are a lot of specialist laws being passed to prevent what he calls Islamic separatism. 76 mosques are being reviewed as to whether they promote this or not. Imams maybe have to get certified. There are laws specifically applying to Muslims who want to be educated at home. These are all laws that are specifically targeted towards Muslims. And then there have been a bunch of laws that academics and students have been protesting about the freedom of inquiry and education budgets. As well as that, which is typical in France because the French do process a lot, the teachers are on strike because of risks during COVID. And lastly, a lot of people are on strike because of pensions. They're trying to reform the rail system and things like that. So political unrest in France. Back in October, in response to the knife attack at a church in Nice, the French interior minister, Gérald Darmanin, proclaimed a war against the enemy within, and he launched a series of police operation and raids against Muslim organization and individuals who, in his words, were not linked with the investigation, but to whom we are clearly willing to send a message. So he also announced his intention to immediately disband several anti-Islamophobic organizations, labeling one of them an enemy of the republic, he even went further to say that he was shocked to see halal and kosher sections in supermarkets because apparently he finds them divisive. The idea in France, as opposed to, I guess, the Anglo world or other countries, is that they have what they call universalism as opposed to multiculturalism. So everyone has to first and foremost be French and part of the dominant culture. So then if you're eating halal meat or kosher food or whatever you're seen as being separate, which is really strange because on one hand, one of the values of France is supposed to be liberalism, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, all of these things. But in practice, France has always struggled with this because of this universalism. So they were the first country in Europe to ban the full burqa. They also, in the south of France, they banned burkinis on the beach, which just means that people who wanted to wear whatever they wanted while they're going to the beach, they were banned from those spaces. 
So it's totally illiberal and against freedom of just dressing how you want and practicing your beliefs and religions. I was watching a report where they followed the youth leader of the Front National, and they were flyering outside of a school, and they approached a young black girl, and they handed her a leaflet, and she looked at them and just gestured to her face, and the youth leader was like, no, 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 we're here for all French people. So he was sort of this idea of putting your Frenchness above every other thing that defines you as an individual. The problematic thing about that is that you're saying, oh, this universalism claims that anything that's not French is not good. But basically what you're saying is that there is a way of being French that is correct and a way of being French that is not correct. So who determines what is French? You have a bunch of influx of different cultures and you can deny those people their culture and their right to fit in and be part of your country simply because their cultures aren't French. You're saying kosher and halal, that's not French. Okay, so what is French? Is it Christian values? I think it's secularism, but then it's confusing. Because they have, you know, churches and they celebrate Christmas, so that's French? You're othering people automatically. Yeah, and it is discrimination because if there was an equal thing that said you're not allowed to wear crosses on necklaces at the beach, that might be different. Although, like, where does the line stop and why are you policing how people dress? Fashion designer Iman Mestawi says that this idea of getting imams to sign up to French values is a problem because many Muslims are already seen by many as not fully French. And a quote from her is... It's putting us in a strange place where you have to show people that you subscribe to the Republican values where you feel French, but they don't feel you are. So we feel like nothing we do, pay taxes, do national service, whatever will be enough, is you have to prove you're really French. You have to eat pork, drink wine, not wear a hijab, wear mini skirts, and it's ridiculous. So it's just as bad in a way. And if they really want to keep what they think their true French identity is, maybe. They need to also just let people be free. Right. I mean, what they're saying is that to be Christian is to be French. If you're not Christian, you can't be French. You're an other in your own country. Yeah. And there also seems to be this kind of contradiction between, yes, you know, like you were saying, the National Front says, oh, well, you know, you're French and we're here to protect French people. But there's a lot of discrimination against people who are black or Arab or different types of people in France. Yet France refuses to acknowledge that, even while discriminating against them. So since the Second World War, during which the French authorities identified Jewish citizens and then thereby facilitated their deportation to Nazi concentration camps, the French government does not keep statistics on race, ethnicity or religion. So in the eyes of the state, they say that all, all people are free but racial discrimination, as we've seen by the police brutality against black people and Arabs in France, exists, but they kind of refuse to acknowledge that. But then they do target, I don't know, imams and get them to sign a specific thing. Or if you want to be educated at home as a Muslim, you're going to have a much harder time. So on one hand, everyone's supposed to be French and all the same, but on the other hand, nobody's treated the same. Because it could be said that a lot of Macron's policies are in direct response to the popularity of La France Nationale. 
Also, I think it is worth mentioning that Macron is a centrist, right? He's not left. He's in the center. So in 2017, when France was voting and the two frontrunners, I guess, either Marie Le Pen's party or Macron, it was much like in the US, it was the lesser of two evils, wasn't it? Because we can't forget that Macron is a banker and he's coming from that sort of a background. Yeah, and the French really don't like him either because he's kind of isolating the working class and they see him as being fake, even though he seems to be kind of caring for them. Yeah. So in the last election, the Front National took 33.9% of the votes, which is 10.6 million votes. And, you know, she ran on a platform of nationalism, anti-immigration. One of the interesting things about her party actually is that it was started by her dad. So she has inherited this party from her dad. And back when he was running it, they were really known for being fascists and racist. Like this was very much the brand. And she has tried very hard to rebrand the party and to steer the conversation away from the old image. In fact, they've now rebranded again. And the party is now known as the National Rally. So they keep going through phases of rebranding. She voted for this law against people filming the police and things like that. So they're very much authoritarian. Mm -hmm. The other thing that this deep Frenchness is really attacking is the universities. Mm -hmm. They were trying to also, which is, I think, really extreme and really damaging... They were trying to limit budgets and limit lines of inquiry into things that only fit what they called French values. So the thing that the students and academia were protesting against was this bill that includes a provision criminalizing on-campus gatherings and that trouble the tranquility and good order of the establishment with a fine of up to 45,000 euros and prison term up to three years. And then the one amendment that did not get passed was to require academic research to hew to the values of the Republic. That was scrapped, but it's in response to the education minister, Jean-Michel Blanquer, who has said that the influence of American critical race theory on French social sciences has undermined France's race and ethnicity-blind universalism and has given comfort to Islamo-gauchisme or Islamo-leftism, which is a term that is actually coined by the French far-right and blames progressive intellectuals for nourishing radical political Islam through their work on structural racism and Islamophobia. And that is just so extreme that you can't even pursue a line of thought. Well, in a report by Amnesty International called France is not the free speech champion, it says that it is published on the 12th of November 2020. They point to the murder of the French teacher, Samuel Paty, who was beheaded by his student for showing a cartoon of the prophet in a class where he talked about freedom of speech. Amnesty International, in this report, point to the fact that in 2019, a court convicted two men for contempt after they burned an effigy depicting President Macron doing a peaceful protest. They go on to emphasize that the right to freedom of expression also protects the ability to criticize the choice to depict religions in a way that may be perceived as stereotypical or offensive. Being opposed to the cartoon does not make one a separatist, a bigot, or an Islamist. 
While the right to express opinion or views that may be perceived as offending religious beliefs is strenuously defended, Muslims' freedom of expression and religion usually receives scant attention in France under the guise of republican universalism. In the name of secularism, Muslims in France cannot wear religious symbols or dress in schools or in public sector jobs. The French government's rhetoric on free speech is not enough to conceal its own shameless hypocrisy. France's record on freedom of expression in other areas is just as bleak. Thousands of people are convicted every year for contempt of public officials, a vaguely defined criminal offense that law enforcement and judicial authorities have appealed in mass numbers to silence peaceful dissent. In June this year, the European Court of Human Rights found that the conviction of 11 arrests in France for campaigning for a boycott of Israeli products violated their free speech. In a disturbing sign of history repeating itself, the French government is now in the process of dissolving organization and closing mosques on the basis of ambiguous concepts of radicalism. Throughout the state of emergency, radicalism was often used as a euphemism for devout Muslims. So basically, Amnesty International is coming for France. Keenan Malik has an opinion in The Guardian in which he points out that for all its acclaimed attachment to free speech, France has tough laws against speech deemed unacceptable from Holocaust denial to insulting the French flag. It has criminalized those who call for a boycott of Israel. It has banned protests against Charlie Hebdo and, after the 2015 massacre of the magazine staff, Dozens of Muslims were arrested for suggesting sympathy with the killers, including a boy who posted on Facebook a cartoon mocking the magazine. And again, that's kind of contradictory because on one hand they're like, yes, we're defending free speech, we're defending the right to an opinion, but then it just doesn't go two ways. Yeah, also Charlie Hebdo, like obviously the staff did not deserve to die and what happened was horrible, but I think that the staff of Charlie Hebdo need to get a lesson on what satire is. Because satire is all about power structures. And if you are a group of white middle-class men mocking a marginalized community, that's not satire. That's racism. I was going to say being a <laughs> jerk. That's adding seasoning to their oppression. I'll link to the original TikTok. It's a line I've stolen from this girl. She's fucking hilarious. Along the topic of the police, today I went on a walk with my friend who is French, and I asked her about her opinion on the French police. And she had nothing too positive to say about them. But one of the things that really stuck out about what she said to me was, one, she, and this, I should emphasize, this is just her opinion. She's a born and raised Parisian. Yeah. So she said she grew up in a multicultural area of Paris and that she observed the police stopping people for no reasons. In fact, she told me a story about how she was walking down the street with her boyfriend, who is black, and the police stopped him. And when asked why they stopped him, they said, oh, you look like someone who would be causing trouble. It was racial profiling, 100%. It does not take a very long time to become a police officer in France, and that almost every single police officer she has come across has been on some sort of power trip. She had nothing good to say about the police. And this brings us back to the new law that they're trying to enforce in France, because basically this new law would make it a criminal offense to film the police for what they define as malicious purposes. And over the weekend, 46,000 people in Paris gathered to protest the bill. 
and the police fired tear gas and stun grenades at some of the protesters. It's called the 25th Article. In the Lost 25th Article, which says that those who distribute either video footage or photographic images of on-duty police officers within the intention of causing them harm could face prison sentences and fines. Now that is just very problematic because similar to in America, a lot of these cases of police brutality would not get the media attention that they get if they had not been filmed, right? Specifically in this case of the music producer, when it turns into a case of he said, he said, right? Who are you going to believe, the police or the victim? And my friend was telling me that, oh, the police is a boys club. They all stick together. They're all going to have each other's backs. So who's going to have the victim's back? And if you're not allowed to film it, basically, to me, it seems like the French government is so close to admitting they have a problem, like they are inadvertently admitting that they have a problem with police brutality, because by saying you can't film us for malicious intentions, they're saying we're doing bad things and we don't want you to film us. And it just also ties in with this overall thing that's happening in France, which is that you must stick to this line of Frenchness and come into the establishment and do exactly and be exactly the way the French want. They've always kind of had these control issues in France. They have the thing with the language where they only admit certain words in every year. And there's this whole establishment to the kind of preserve Frenchness. They preserve, you know, their wines and their cheeses and all that, which is really great. But also, as Noam Chomsky was saying, that the French intellectual establishment is incredibly isolated. Like the whole world is, is sort of, discussing a lot of stuff, even in the sciences. And it comes to France either not at all or like way later when a French person decides to kind of venture out of France and like bring new ideas back, which is why I guess they also want to stick to the French way of universalism versus multiculturalism. And it's not only that, it's I think they did this test recently about wines, sommelier test, and the French sommeliers did the worst in their tastings because they actually only knew French wines. Mm. They're very focused on their own wines and they could not taste properly the other wines. So data collected by NGOs and journalists indicate an undeniable brutalizing of policing, particularly when it comes to police management of protest crowds. Since the 2nd of December 2019, which is the start of the Yellow Vest movement, journalist David Dufresne has recorded four deaths, 344 head injuries, 29 disembowelings, and five hands torn off. Demonstrators represent the majority of victims, but journalists, high school students, and passerbys are also amongst the victims. Another Amnesty International report concerned around another aspect, the judicial representation of individuals arrested before or during demonstrations between November 2018 and July 2019 around 11,000 individuals were held in police custody in this context and more than half were released without prosecution the report is concerned about the infringements of freedom to demonstrate produced by the criminalization of certain practices wearing swimming pool glasses or masks holding a banner breaking the protest mechanism by making it a criminal offense so, in an interview with Jérémy Gauthier, who is a sociologist at the University of Strasbourg, he actually makes a super interesting point where he says that, you know, in America, there's the big defund the police campaign. And he actually points to the fact that there have been severe budget cuts to the police in France. And he actually says that he thinks this is part of the problem. He says that this results in fewer trained specialist law enforcement movements because having the ones who are trained to deal with protests is actually very, very expensive. 
So during protests now, you find anti-crime brigades, community police units, and sometimes even police dog brigades. And you have these various units intervening during protests, even though they are not trained for that, as it is not their main activity. He's saying that actually the increase of violence towards protesters has to do with the cutting of the budget of the police force. Because you then have to deploy people who have no idea how to handle a situation and have not been trained for it, and then they go for excess violence. They have no idea how to respond when people are violent, and so they respond with violence. Mm -hmm. And so that causes sort of an escalation because the police aren't trained correctly. And on that note, here are our three things you can do this week to be a better person. Number one, if you do witness the police being brutal, try and film it. Number two, keep track of Amnesty International and other human rights groups and see what they say about France, but also about your country or other countries. And number three, protest about everything, like the French. They are very good at it, and sometimes it works, so that's great. Thank you for listening. Until next week, goodbye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you like, you can share your internet obsessions with us. Tweet us at the underscore miss underscore informed or follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed. You can also send us an email at misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. You can also listen and subscribe via YouTube for news about the show or upcoming events and links to all our sources, references and other geeky inspiration. Subscribe to our newsletter. You can find the link via our Instagram. We are an independent, non-profit podcast. If you would like to show us some love, you can make a one-off donation via our SoundCloud or support us on Patreon at patreon.com misinformed. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.